All right, welcome back to Into the Unknown. We have a guest on, and some of you may remember him from uh, an, an episode we did probably a few months ago back now, I guess, the other side of... Yeah, you could the have other side easily of, researched it and had ready which episode it was, which episode number. <laughs> but I was I actually could, just yeah. trying to look up, and I couldn't even find our podcast on Spotify, so... <laughs> That's not good. Have we been deleted? Been cancelled. <laughs> I don't know. I was actually hopefully we haven't... I, I'm sure I, I was going to say a number. I'll just be making it up. I was going to say, I'm sure it was like 54. It, I don't know. Oh, it could have been 54, but I was thinking 36. So one of right. us is way off. <laughs> let me have a let me have a, a quick look. It was episode 40. So you're, you're basically slap bang in the middle. Mm. Um, and I said the other side of summer, and the other side of summer is definitely not February, but I guess it is. Um, we're now in October, so we thought it would be fun to get uh, Luke from Brickfield's gym back on, just because we enjoyed the podcast last time, and we thought uh, we thought that this would be a fun little episode to do, just to catch and up. Also, if you want to actually hear Luke's intro or the intro about Luke, just go on episode forty. It's a very good one on that. It's it's a great one. Um, but I want to start with, so it's almost November, which is crazy how fast this year has gone. And as you guys well know, if you listen to the last episode, Luke is a, a Movember ambassador. Um, and he does a lot of work in the Movember space. So we thought, seeing as it's, what, five, six days away from November, we wanted to get Luke on to discuss some of the things that he's doing for raising money, raising awareness, and also not just that, but some of the crazy things that he's got planned um, over the next month. Because I've seen some of them on on Instagram, uh, yeah, and we'll same. pop his Instagram in the description after this, so you guys can go check that out. But uh, instead of me droning on, Luke, let's. Uh, Let's chat a little bit about Movember. What's kind of the general idea um, of Movember? And I guess, you know, the ultimate goal for you in terms of getting involved in that, you know, what 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 does that mean for you? So uh, Movember is a men's health charity and they focus on four areas. So that's prostate cancer, testicular cancer, uh, mental health and suicide prevention. And what they do is raise funds to then direct to different research and different projects for each of those areas. So there's some stuff that they've done recently, which was some early detection of prostate cancer. And it should be that within our lifetimes, it becomes something that no one has to die from because you should be able to spot it early uh, and early enough that you can then stop it spreading and uh, causing further problems so they do some really great stuff on that uh, I mainly focus more on the mental health and suicide prevention um, side of things and that's more what I bring up when I'm uh, trying to push awareness of the of the cause and on that front they do a lot of project work so they'll take the funds that have been donated and invest them into projects that are for uh, one in particular is uh, oh, what's the name? Brothers Through Boxing. I, I'm sorry if I get that wrong, but 
It's something along them lines. Brothers Free Boxing, I think, is what it's called. Um, and I'm just about to say how great it is, and I can't even remember the name, so apologies. But it is a really great charity that, uh, or a really great project that they run that basically they get these guys into a gym um, to help them with their loneliness and stuff like that and get them socialising. And then through boxing workouts and a bit of fitness training, they'll then get to a place where they're a bit more confident. They might then be able to branch out a little bit more than they were um and then take them off so these guys who have it's, we met the guy at one of the events and he, he said you know i couldn't do what you guys do raising funds but what i'm good at is this and he said you, you might think we're going to get kids who are troubled backgrounds and gang related and all that stuff he said and that is not who we get mm. um he said what we tend to get is the lonely kids who are locked in their bedroom they don't really have a lot of friends except for their online friends and they're you know quite often they're, they're gamers and they're a bit isolated because that's all they do but in social face-to-face -face interaction isn't necessarily a strong point so they get a bit isolated they get a bit lonely and then their confidence drops they're not you know they're not necessarily finding work and things like that so, so what we do is we get them in and it's a six-month project and in that time they'll take them from that point to the point where then they're all in a whatsapp group if one of the lads misses a session they're all checking in and asking him how he is and whatever and then they'll get them on an away weekend so they take them away for sort of three four days um so you think in that short space of time they've taken these guys from being completely isolated feeling like they've not got any real friends you know outside of gaming world um to being completely involved in this group and they've got loads of confidence and they're happy to then go away on a weekend away with a, essentially what was a bunch of strangers uh, a couple of months ago. Mm. So they, that projects like that are absolutely fantastic. Like it, what they're doing is unbelievable and um, the benefits of it. And they also, that charity also runs a female version. So these kids, uh, I said kids, they're kids to me. <laughs> I'm getting old, but they're, they're they're sort of like late teens into early 20s. Um, and then they've got another project they run for adult males as well. Um, so Movember invests in them sort of projects, and that's across the board. So they'll have other stuff as well that they invest in for both forms of cancer that they they, they are involved with and the mental health and suicide prevention stuff. Um, in fact, next weekend, one of the things we've got on the Friday night, we've got uh, Rugby League Cares is the charity. And it's all ex-pro and current pro rugby league players. And they go around delivering um, a program called Offload. There's a head of the game, which is for the younger guys, but there's Offload, which is for sort of more adult males. Uh, and females as well, actually, because they do deliver it in other ways. But obviously, from my members' point of view, it's for the males. And what they do is they go in and they talk about their experiences with pressure from playing professional sport and elite level sport. Um, and then it's a six week program, one one session each week, and each session has got a different theme. Um, and it's all geared around mental fitness. Um, now I've never run it in a gym before. So they mm. picked us out, which I'm quite chuffed about. Um, and then we're gonna have a taster session, fill the room up, see what they see how it goes, see what they got to say and, and some of the talking points from the program sort of little abbreviated version of the six-week plan or six-week program and then uh yeah hopefully the plan is that we try and get them back to do the full program and we can fill the room with 
bunch of people that can benefit but it's all about mental fitness so it's the things that you could use in day to day so one of the sessions is uh about stress and coping strategies which that can apply to anyone that doesn't necessarily mean you've had you know we all experience stress it doesn't mean you've got a mental health problem uh, or a mental health illness or condition it just means that you're under stress and you might think oh god i don't have to get out of this but if you've got the right coping strategies then you, you you're probably going to handle it a little bit better so it should be a really beneficial session and i'm really looking forward to that because that is the third of november and that'll be a nice little kickoff to the to the month and i'm obviously like i said i'm really chuffed and proud to be the first gym they've ever worked with because they've obviously gone into rugby league environments because they've got them contacts and they've gone into some other areas it's easily typical places but never a gym and a gym's a natural fit so this year like sort of that kind of segues me into my involvement in it and what i'm aiming to do this year and whatever but that that's i'm trying to run a few events that are a bit more than what we've ever done before um where usually we'll do like a workout event and usually we have the pub quiz which gets proper boozy and like lock in last year and it was a late finish <laughs> and i was not right for about four days but it was it was a really good laugh that's always a big success uh but this year as well trying to tag on some other stuff that is more than just about fitness or the socials and whatever it's about actually like let's try and educate ourselves and others and uh and spread the knowledge that these guys have got which from all reports and the bits i've seen of it it looks unbelievable the stuff there like it's so good um and it should be a really interesting night so yeah my focus like i said is on the mental health and suicide prevention stuff so through them sort of sessions and then the workout challenges, the fitness challenges and stuff. I'll be looking to, you obviously want to raise some funds because that's great. That goes towards all these fantastic projects that are being run by people uh, all over the place. Like, I mean, globally it's massive November these days. Um, but as well, the awareness, which is the harder thing to track, you know, you can track a sum in donations, but actually tracking the awareness, which is the hard bit because there's no way to measure that. So if we can raise awareness of the fact that this is a problem and men are struggling with their mental health, like the statistics in the UK are 75% of suicides are men. And that's a problem. And Movember are trying to get these uh, projects running and spreading word and letting people know that it's absolutely fine to talk as a man. It's absolutely fine to go and get help. Uh, it's not a weakness. You're not a weak person because you, you're going through some struggles or whatever. Uh, and there are people that can help and um there's other people that have been through it and have had that help and are now delivering that help so there's options available to people so spreading that awareness is huge uh and my approach to it has always been even though obviously it's a men's health charity uh but my approach has always been to try and include females as much as possible because yeah. if men are struggling the women in their lives are going to be struggling uh and, and being impacted by that you know the if you're not talking and people can't understand what's what's happening with you that's your partner that's your your mum your sister your whoever um who doesn't know how to help because you're not telling them what's up um and we see too much of that and that's why you know partly why the statistics are the way they are um and there's no shame in talking about these things so I'm trying to spread the word that actually 
females, you know, you're impacted as well. And usually women are a little bit better at trying to sort of push a conversation and say, well, come on, what's happening? Whereas lads kind of go, you're all right, mate. And you sort of go, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's work. And then you move on and you just like, yeah, work shit. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's like the same sort of, don't always get into a lot of detail, you know. Yeah. You're on mute. Start, start again. Start again. <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't just me because I really thought you I thought I've gone deaf. I can't hear him at all. Oh, I should have just kept pretending like oh yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Mm. <laughs> what is Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, it, uh, it went dead. This one might go flat as well, and if it does, I'll just use the laptop. But um, I was going to just edit that up post uh, post edit. But I find it interesting, actually, what something that you just mentioned at the very end of that sentence that most guys just kind of play off those sorts of things, where they're just like, "How's work? That's yeah, a bit shit," and that's all they say. And I find that in the last couple of years, I've noticed that that started to happen in not just conversations that we have with men. But just like things in general that we almost romanticize this idea that things are meant to be hard. But the reality is they shouldn't be like not everything has to be difficult. Like for weightlifting, you know, this is very specific. I've noticed that a lot of weightlifters almost take pride in the fact that they tell people how hard weightlifting is. But it, it's like that really doesn't make a lot of sense because if you're really not enjoying something and it's really affecting you mentally, like why are you romanticizing that it's, that it's almost oh, like, yeah, I've worked a 12 hour shift today. I'm absolutely knackered. I haven't slept in three days. And I just, it doesn't make sense that like those kind of things are romanticized, you know, almost that we're trying to live up to this expectation that we're, you know, hard workers and we don't complain about anything. And, but we do, like you just mentioned, you know, we take it out on other things, partners or friends or ourselves in other ways, however it, however you choose to um, battle those demons. But, yeah, so I think that's why I think November is, for, for me, I haven't really done much for it over the last couple of years. But one of the things that we're, or a small part of the things we're looking at doing this year for Stoic is just making a little t-shirt and all of the money that we make from the sales, we're just going to donate to Movember because it's only recently that I've realized how important those, even if I'm not necessarily directly affected by those things, I still think that it's important that people have the, um, you know, the, the things available to actually access that. You know, to be able to talk about things, to be able to go and speak to mental health counsellors or go and do these fitness programs. You know, I think we're, I guess I'm in a privileged position um, and I'm not sure it's I guess it's kind of an ignorant stance of mine that I've had for years that it's only just really dawned on me that actually just because it doesn't necessarily directly affect me doesn't mean that it's not important um and i'm not sure where i was going with that but i guess i mean i i do know where i was going with that because i wanted to kind of tie in some of the things that you're going to be doing in november to sort of highlight how much you do in terms of the space and 
and the fact that I think those like it might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but some of the stuff that I see on your Instagram and I see, you know, you're planning all of these absolutely mad workouts. You know, you just did the, the you just did a challenge, which I was just about to give away, but I want you to talk about, uh, you know, and like all of these things, I think like it, it really, I love seeing it because it just makes me feel like this guy really gives a shit about others. And I think that's really all it comes down to is like, you're not doing it just because you've gone down that road. You're doing it because you give a shit about people. And I think that's really lovely to see on Instagram because I, you just don't see a lot of it really, do you? You know, like at least in, in my circle, I don't really see a lot of it. So the first thing was to just commend you for how much work you're doing. And second thing is to get into some of the work that you are going to be doing in November. Obviously, you just spoke about the boxing, but some of the crazy things that you're looking at doing, um, take it away. Take it away. Yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, first of all, thanks. I appreciate it. That's quite touching. Um, try not to get a little lump in my throat hearing nice things like that. Um, the Yeah, mate, at the end of the day, I, I got involved initially with November off like doing the individual fundraising and stuff well before i was an ambassador and that was probably now i think that was maybe 12 years ago um because i'd had my own struggles i knew other people who'd had their struggles and mm. so yeah you know sort of got involved straight away just because of that then down the line out of nowhere and i think we, i maybe mentioned this on the last it's not like i'm an influencer i've got you know a few hundred followers or whatever i'm not anybody to be known um but they reached out to me and said, do you want to be a sports ambassador? Um, you can apply here. And I just assumed that was just the thing they were doing to anybody who'd raised money. And it was like a bit of a blanket email to people who were in fitness and whatever. So I just sort of thought, oh, okay, well, that's nice. I can apply. And it was only afterwards when I actually met the guys who worked for Movember that I realized, oh, you, uh, you specifically saw my page somehow. <laughs> Now, I weren't. Yeah. It wasn't. I was raising twenty grand a year in donations or something mm. crazy like that. Like some of the guys, apps hit them sort of numbers. It is nuts. Um, but I, I just raised a little bit of money. I'd been consistently doing it, and they obviously somehow saw that and said, "Look, we'd like you to be an ambassador." So then I'm now into the fourth year of being an ambassador. Uh, and the tricky thing is, so I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm ready to talk about the challenge with just the, the the aftermath of that. I mean, I've I was talking to somebody about it today. It, it, I I do not want to do it again. Um, I mean, it looked painful. Before you say what it is, like uh, just me watching, I was like, I I don't know if I can watch this. I don't know if it, this is appropriate. Yeah, I've got some <laughs> other videos that aren't mine, but are from some of the guys, and I'll explain what I didn't get those videos. But some of it was just horrendous and uh if you look back at it and at the time it was just so demoralizing and then afterwards you go that was a great achievement but at the time we would just, i mean i'll come to it in a minute but it's funny uh anyway yeah so every year you get this kind of feeling and you go to these events and you hear what people are doing and you think oh my god i thought i was planning some crazy stuff like my first year one of the other ambassadors he was in his second year was like yes yeah, so i'm gonna go off to do the barcelona triathlon or i'm no iron man and then uh, a couple of weeks after that, I'm back and I'm swimming the channel. 
I was like, all right, well, I was just going to work out in my gym for 30 days straight. Uh, <laughs> some of those, I guess I'll do some bigger numbers, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's not obviously about the competition, but you're just trying to do something hard. Basically, as long as you do something where you're suffering, people will donate. The more you suffer, mm. the better the donations. People like to see you suffer and be in pain, visible pain. Uh, in 2020, my first year, I popped a rib doing deadlifts. I was on a warm-up deadlift, and as I went, I popped a rib. Um, or it might have been rib cartilage, whatever, but it was something to do with my rib, and it really... Can I swear? Can I swear? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. I, mean, I think we're really, like, we're way ahead of that. Yeah, I was like, I don't know whether we can. I can't remember last time. Um, but yeah, it really fucking hurt. And uh, I just collapsed in a heap. And the video was me just rolling around on the floor going, oh my God, my ribs. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> that was like my biggest day of donations for the whole month because people were like, yeah, call it. In. That's what we want to donate to. Whatever it takes, I'll do it. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a donation. But um, yeah, so you can get caught in this trap of just being like, right, more than last year, bigger than last year, which it's like, where the hell does that stop? Like, well, we've got to climb Everest next year because I really don't want to. Um, so that sort of leads us in to, <laughs> I know I don't want to climb Everest because we did the National Free Beats the other week and I had bloody miserable time. <laughs> I had a miserable time. It was bad. <laughs> bad, bad. Um, well, you've seen that Connor's become a professional hiker now. I know. I At am one a hiker, point, yeah. Back in the UK, he was, he, was, he was just out there in the wilderness in America. Yeah. I don't know. I just found. I just we we had the idea. Well, I mean, we're going on a like, kind of like a walking holiday next year, um, and I, we wanted to get a bit of practice in. And also, just upstate New York is is beautiful. And as soon as we were out there, I was like, you know what? Exercise is really boring, but hiking is. I don't know. It's just there's something about being in nature and not being on your phone and just listening to the trees creak and then the we saw some freaking stags run across the front of us and i was just like mind blown that we saw <laughs> animals in a natural habitat i don't know it just really blew my mind because it's just um i guess when you don't have that it's hard to appreciate how that would make you feel and then when we were outside and it was just quiet there's no one there it was tiring obviously because i'm not used to walking you know eight miles up and down hills and stuff and eight miles is not a lot for most people but when you all you do is lift weights for your for your sport it you know you're, you're strong and and fit in some ways but in other ways you're definitely not um so i've i've decided i might just quit weightlifting just hike um <laughs> probably won't happen because i love weightlifting too much but it was just good fun but i know exactly where where you're coming from because we did the three peaks a few years back it is miserable so miserable there was there um, was not much really yeah oh mate bad yeah so <laughs> uh sorry i felt like i dived in there a bit as well Connor. did you want to say something else before i carry on no 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 you're good you're good i was just kind of uh leading on from what you were saying that our weather was not necessarily the best i think it definitely helped that it was so my mum did the first one and then we had to drag her up Scarfell. So we did Ben Nevis. That wasn't too bad. Super easy. The weather was great. Um, and then we had to drag my mum up Scarfell Pike because she decided she wanted to do it with us last minute. Um, 
so we dragged her up that and it started to get dark and it was cold and it was raining it was wet we couldn't dry off we didn't um you know luckily our dad was driving and then the last one we did it was just the two of us so i think we got off pretty lightly because it was just the two of us but i could not imagine what it would be like when it was raining every day and you have to drive and there's people that are complaining up every mountain when you're tired and hungry and uh it's a big group man like big groups in the self it doesn't even matter if you go on a group holiday or a walking holiday they're just a nightmare they're just a nightmare so um yeah tell us <laughs> tell us about that well mate we got it was basically a lovely friday flight to glasgow perfect sun's out it's not the warmest day but it's a nice sunny day bright all that stuff as soon as we leave glasgow to drive to fort william which is a little town at the bottom of uh, ben nevis it is pissing down the whole time mm. like torrential rain non-stop we eventually make it to fort william weather's terrible wake up the next morning getting prepped a friend of mine just happened to be doing the mountains the same weekend as us, but with a completely separate group. Me and him hadn't spoken about it. And then suddenly I saw him post saying he was doing three peaks on the same weekend. I was like, mate, you are kidding. You are going to think I'm winding you up, but we are doing the same thing <laughs> that weekend. You wouldn't That's believe mad. this. Yeah. What are the chances? So we, we caught up a few times to exchange notes. Like, what have you guys done for prep? What have we done? We then were texting on the morning of because he was going to be going up a bit later in the day with his guys. We were going to be go aiming for a midday start. And when we woke up, it was an amber weather warning for the rain. And mm. it was pretty grim. He had gone, by the time I'd seen the weather and then texted him and said, what are you and your guys looking to do? The weather looks pretty shit. He said, uh, well, we've been to the visitor centre and they've said it's a terrible idea to go up and there's an experienced climber for, who's up here who's spoken to us and said he doesn't think we should go up and i was like right well oh, i should God. probably tell the group uh, so I, me and my group had a bit of a discussion do we go up do we not and it was basically supposed to be like i said amber weather warning for the rain and they were saying that at the summit it was 40 mile an hour winds so wow pretty dicey at the top not great um and so i let the guys in our group know we said what should we do we're here should we at least try and we get as high up as we can and if we can't sum it because it's too bad it's too dangerous whatever we just call it and we just try and do the safest thing um or if some of us feel unsafe you call it if some of us feel safe enough on your head be it type of thing so we gave it a go but it was just non-stop rain so by the time we've set off at the bottom and you have to cross the little bridge and go up we're already soaked like it is just it's it's like the not nice mm. rain absolutely drenches you so we were soaked yeah we make our way up the group there's six of us so the group naturally splits a little bit uh one of our guys was an ex-para my one of my best mates he's an ex-para trooper so he's an absolute nutter and he just he was he like wanted to run <laughs> to the top this is fine we're good let's go follow my lead and he was off i could occasionally see him in the distance that was about as close as we got on the mountains and uh we were on our way up and it's just getting worse and worse and worse and then you come out of this bit and then it's 
I didn't know this because I couldn't see the summit, but it turns out we were probably about 15 minutes from the summit. And it, when I say the rain was sideways, I literally mean it was right to left across the front of me. Yeah. And it was mm. all, and my gloves and my hat are not waterproof. So that was cool. I bought some waterproof gloves that did not fit. So I swapped with one of the girls and her gloves weren't waterproof, but I could get my hands in them. But they were soaked. My hat was soaked. So my head and my hands are freezing by this point. And just as we get to that bit where it comes, it becomes a bit flatter and a bit more open. So you're getting battered by the wind and the rain at the top. One of our girls who was a bit ahead of me had just pulled up and she was just sat and was just shaking. And I was like, oh, shit, what's yeah. happening? And so there was me and one of our other girls, one of the other ambassadors. She's she's one of the girls from the gym. There's two other girls from my gym that have become ambassadors. I've got involved in the program. Um, and it was me and one of those guys. And we stopped. And we were like, is everything okay? And she couldn't even talk. She just wasn't saying anything. Her hands were just shaking. And she's sort of staring into the, into the ground kind of thing. I'm like, right, have you got any food? Do you need something to eat? She's not responding. So I'm like, all right. Get a Haribo out, frat tang plastics and square her away. Yeah. She put her hand out to get them off of me. So I've like forced them into her hand and then like pushed her hand at her mouth. I was like, come on, eat them. And I turned to the up girl, which was cursing, and just said to her, Look, what do you want to do? We can't be hanging around for too long. Do you want to try and keep going? Um, we then couldn't see the other three guys from our group because they've carried on and they obviously haven't seen. And it was if you was five meters away from me and I shouted at my loudest voice, you would not have heard what I was saying. So mm-hmm. there's no way we could have even shouted up to them guys and got them to hear. And uh, Kirsty said, yeah, I think I want to try and get up. I, I should be able to catch Sam up. I was like, all right, well, look, if you don't feel comfortable, just turn around sort of thing. Cause it, it's dicey and the, the visibility was pretty fucking average to be honest. So I reckon I could see maybe 20 meters away and then that was it. And then just couldn't see a thing. So and I was like, yeah, you crack on, then you go. If you start to struggle, you're, you're worried, just turn around because we won't be far behind and you can just find us. So she's gone. And then I've turned to Lisa and she's starting to eat a, a Haribo and she's starting to not, I mean, perk up is a bit of an exaggeration. She goes, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Back in the game. She was conscious. She, yeah, she'd stopped shaking and she'd stood up. So that was the start. Um, and I was like, how are you? You okay? And she was just sort of, tears had started to come down and she wasn't really saying a lot, but she was sort of mumbling. And I was like, look, just take your time. Um, you know, we can't be up here too long, but just take take a few more seconds and we'll get sorted. I turn around, see Kirsty, and she's literally at the edge of my visibility and she's just turning left and right looking. And I'm thinking, fuck, she doesn't know where she's supposed to go because she can't see anyone. And I'm like, I've made a massive error. I shouldn't let her go. She doesn't know what route. This is really bad. You know, you hear all the horror stories of people going missing on the top of Ben Nevis and stuff when the weather's shit. And I'm thinking, mm. fuck, now, I shouldn't have let her go. Then I'm like, do yeah. I leave Lisa? I run up the mountain. And, or, I mean, it fucking runs a bit. But that's an exaggeration as well. I wouldn't have been running anywhere. But fast, <laughs> fast snail crawl up the mountain to try and catch up with Kirsty. Brisk walk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, about my quads cramping up because that was where they were starting to go at the, that sort of point of the mountain. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to catch her because she'll be setting off on her pace and I've got to try and 
double that to get to her before she goes too far, maybe the wrong way. Um, and I was just praying that someone would see her and that she'd pick the right route. She looked like she'd gone the right way. So I thought, OK, I think she's going to be OK. And I turned around and by this point, we've been stood there for sort of three or four minutes and I am now fully frozen. Like anybody heat I'd built up was gone. So I said to Lisa, I was like, look, we need to make a decision. What do you want to do? Do you want to go back down or do you want to try and carry on? She was like, no, I just want to try and carry on. I was like, okay, well, we've got to get moving because we're getting cold and this is bad. Like, This is not a good place to, to be stood still for too long. I'm making yeah. it sound like in Everest and we definitely were not. <laughs> we were up there nervous, but it was just such bad weather. Um, mm. And she was obviously not in a great place. So, yeah, we've set off again. We may managed another 50 metres and then... She's like, I can't do it. I've got to turn around. And I was like, look, fine. What do you want to do? Do you want to, do you feel comfortable going down on your own safely? Or do you want me to come with you? It's entirely up to you. And she's like, no, your choice. I was like, no, no, it's your choice. Cause I'm not letting you wander off if you're not feeling safe. But if you feel happy that you're going to take a slow walk down and you know that you can make that down on your own, I'll try to catch up with the other guys, make sure Kirsty's safe. Cause then I was thinking, okay, well, she can go back that way and it's pretty open and clear and I can go that way and try and find Kirsty. She was like, oh, can you come with me? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Let's go. And uh, my immediate thought was, I know we were close to the summit and I'm gutted I didn't summit the mountain. Yeah. First yeah. one. But then the second thought, basically straight off the back of that, was then, but it's the right thing to do. Someone needs your help. So you've got to help them down. doesn't matter. It's a fucking mountain. Who cares? Yeah. I'm not i'm not really that bothered it's it is what it is and i got that far um and i knew i could have got to the top like mentally i was there i'd had a few spells where i was walking on my own and i <laughs> i was slagging myself off and was like come on keep going like when your legs are tying up and your knees are hurting and your quads are burning mm -hmm. and just started sort of saying to myself well, you're not gonna get beaten by a fucking hill like keep going and uh <laughs> I just kept telling myself that. And if we stopped and everybody said, oh, are you, how are you? Are your legs all right? I was like, yeah, I'm all right. I just kept saying I'm all right. And it was really funny how much difference that made to how easy yeah. it felt. Because uh, it wasn't easy, but I felt I just knew I'd keep going. I wasn't mm. going to stop. Yeah, and there's a lot of power in that, isn't there? Like telling yourself that it's okay. Like, yeah. Piece of piss. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it sucks. It hurts. If you can push past that point, just keep telling yourself you're all right. You're going to feel better than if I keep going, oh, my God, it really fucking hurts. And my knees are in bits because then I'll think I need to stop. But actually, it really did. I suppose this is the sort of thing people do these challenges for is it really did change how I thought of these things. And I say that. But then we got to the second mountain. So I saw Lisa down the mountain. <laughs> so this is just the first one. <laughs> this is just the first one. Fantastic. So I've never climbed a mountain in my life. I've just done one and it was fucking horrible. Let's do another two. <laughs> and uh, we got Lisa off the mountain. She was fine. By the time we got back to the van, she was good as gold. She was fine. She was back to life. Thank you, Haribo, for saving Lisa's life. And then uh, the guy, basically, all we did was just moan about how wet we were and that every piece of kit we had seemed to be soaking wet somehow, even though we had change of clothes. <laughs> so we are off. Because of the weather... The roads are blocked in Scotland. Uh, traffic was chaos. There was a lorry that had overturned on one of the small roads oh, from wow. Glasgow. And so we were sat stationary for an hour, just waiting for them to clear this lorry and then clear the road and let traffic flow through. 
So all these things and like speed up and down, Ben Nevis wasn't what we were supposed to be, you know, what we needed it to be to give us the best chance of getting the 24 hours, all that stuff. So that all played a big part. Anyway, we eventually get Scaffold Pike. It's going to be a night climb. We get there later than planned. 2 a.m. start. At least it was warm. We all wrapped up for the cold because we'd obviously just been on Ben Nevis where it was freezing. So we're like every warm layer we've got, wet proofs on. And we get 10 minutes yeah. in and we're all sweating. We're like, right, jacket's back off. I mean, of course, <laughs> it's plenty. It is quite, it's basically like tropical compared to Ben Nevis. <laughs> I think it was about 11 yeah. degrees. But it's like, oh, this is warm. It's humid. <laughs> Mate, it was fucking miserable. That was, <laughs> Ben Nevis was shit because the weather was really bad. Scaffold, 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 whatever you want to call it. That horrible mountain mm. was bad because my knees by the end were in a terrible state. Oh my god! And it felt never ending, and I was just miserable. Yeah. Me and Kirsty ended up at the back of the group. The other three shot off. Uh, Lisa didn't. She started, and then she didn't uh, carry on. She stopped quite early on, and there was some there was some drama around that because she kind of turned around, and we I see where she was because one second she was there, and the next minute I looked back, and it was just pitch black. I'm like, well, what the fuck has happened there? Where's she gone? And I'm like, yeah, Kirsty, yeah. you need to. Get think she's gone in the river. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, God. Back to the van, so we were fine. So anyway, we get up scaffold, and on the way back down, me and Kirsty are at the back, and we are just bitching. The, the other three can't hear us, but me and Kirsty are like, this is fucking shit. This mountain's going on forever. We've definitely gone the wrong route. It wasn't this long on the way up. Blah, blah, blah. We're just moaning. Mm. I'm like, in this fucking van. I ain't doing Snowden. Snowden can piss off. I'm not bothered. It's just the wait of time. So we summited uh, the second one, but which was nice. But, yeah, I mean, you couldn't see a thing. I took a video. <laughs> it was just pitch black, and then you just see all the head torches. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, so yeah. There's the summit. Brilliant. No idea what any of that looks like. It might have been amazing. I'll never know. And then uh, <laughs> we had that one, but that was just so bad on my knees. Oh, man, the pain was unbelievable. And I honestly got back to the van, and we were demoralised as it gets. And my mate, who I said was on the other group, he was in the car park. He just flat out refused to do the second mountain with his group. He went, nah, I ain't doing it. I'm resting up. Saved himself for Snowden. He said, what, how was it? And I said, mate, that was just awful. I said, it was just miserable. Yeah. Enjoy a single bit of scaffold. And because you can't see anything, it's not even like I could enjoy the view. At, at least yeah. the rain at Nevis, I could look and occasionally see like a nice valley or a, a big lake or something and be like, wow. At one point, I was walking on my own down Ben Nevis and there was a load of sheep. So I just started talking to them. I had a great time. That was probably the best conversation I had the whole mountain. But like, <laughs> just had none of that. It was just completely awful. And I said to him, I was like, I honestly don't know if I'll be all right to do Snowden because the way my knees feel, I, I don't feel like I can walk with these knees. Mm. So we set off for Snowden, and we were well behind schedule. Like we left the second mountain at like seven a.m. So you think then we've got. We, we started at midday the first day. We're supposed to be finishing by midday the second day. We're only going to be getting to Snowden at midday, so there's no way we're finishing in the 24 hours, but whatever. We'll still finish the third mountain, and we've we've still, like I say, I've still climbed three mountains in one weekend when I've never climbed one, so there's that. And then we, we're on the way, and everyone is miserable. The van is very quiet between the second and third mountain. And then we hit Wales, and it was beautiful weather. Like, absolutely beautiful. Mm. Like, summery, 
early summer weather. So everybody's moved, lifts a bit. I'm smashing down painkillers. I never take tablets for anything. I don't, like, my hay fever can be crippling me and I will be an idiot and be like, no, I'm going to be fine. I'll get used to it and my body will adjust and it'll be better for the rest of summer, which never really pans out. But that's what I do. But for the mount, for that third mountain, I threw a load of painkillers down, hydration tablets and all the stuff, ate a bunch. And by the time we hit Snowden and the weather helped, I'm in T-shirt and shorts to climb the mountain. Um, knees feel good. And I, honest to God, felt like I could have ran parts of Snowden. And <laughs> based on how I was five, five or six hours prior at Scaffold Pike, Scaffold Pike, whichever one it is, I couldn't believe how different I felt. And, yeah, Snowden was an absolute pleasure by comparison to the first two. Yeah. Like, if it was like that yeah. every I'd be up the mountains every weekend. But it was so much better and we got up while the sun was still up so we got loads of good photos and videos and everyone made it to the top of snowden so that was the first one where all six of us got to the top and uh yeah brilliant really good um the way back down was was a bit longer we didn't necessarily rush back down but mm. yeah it was at the time it was and we had loads of problems with getting home so i think we got home I got home at maybe 2 a.m. on this on the Monday morning and then was up at 6 to be in the gym for 7. That was an error. Um, that was not a good... I should have found cover for the gym, but there we go. Um, but at the time, Miserable was like, didn't enjoy a thing there. Uh, Snowden was okay. Now, looking back, I'm like, well, it was actually a really good achievement. I know I didn't summit Ben Nevis, but I know I, mentally I'm fine with it because I know I could have. Um like physically it weren't like i physically broke down and couldn't do it and i also took it as a big win because i didn't do a single trek as, <laughs> as prep i didn't once go on a hike i didn't do a, a, anything whatsoever <laughs> and it's like let's just go and climb three mountains then okay i did some bits to try and be fit fitter and lose you know not lose a bit of weight but just be like a little bit sharper and a little bit lighter and faster for the mountains mm. but yeah I, all them things together, I'll take it. Like you know, I feel, I feel like that's a fairly successful uh, weekend. Um, and as well, like I said, mentally, what it did for me, like leading into it, I did. My big concern was the physically, because I think mentally I wouldn't give up because too much pride, like an idiot, but too much pride, and I wouldn't want to be seen to quit. Mm rather struggle and do it really slowly than quit but i was really worried that physically i wouldn't be able to do it and that's a big thing with me with the gym in general and we might have touched on that in the last one as well but if i feel physically strong that helps me feel mentally strong yeah and the, getting the gym helped me with that stuff it's not like the be all and end all for that stuff but it does help me a lot um so to get up and down the three mountains and to feel how i did and yeah, all right, I couldn't walk properly for a few days, but I was squatting again on the Wednesday, so it couldn't have been too bad. Uh, but that Monday was pretty awful. My knees weren't happy with bending, but I got through it and uh, learned a bit about myself and learned I'm capable of probably more than I thought. And also that little mindset thing on the first mountain of actually just saying to myself, you're not going to get beaten by that and you're all right. Just keep going because you're all right. Yeah. That, I mean, so simple was that. 
you know, this isn't anything profound. You know, it's hardly Greek philosophy we're going into here, but that was that actually made quite a big difference. Just that little simple mindset change. Instead of just standing there thinking, I feel like my knees want to explode with every single step I'm taking. <laughs> just thinking, I'm all right. I'm all right. And I can keep going and I will not be beaten by a fucking hill. It doesn't matter how big this hill is. I'm not going to get beaten by it. And it really made a difference. So learned a lot. And then I thought, well, maybe I don't need to do any major challenges through November because we've got events we're running. <laughs> we've done the match. Yeah. Some joke, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That is some joke. Uh, wow. So then, yeah. Now I'm planning everything I'm going to do for 30 days straight in November, like the old days, because I've done that a few times. I feel like uh, physically it will be a lot harder than Snowden, but I think mentally it will probably be a little bit easier for you because at least you can predict what's coming up. Yeah. And this is you the can thing control that, more variables. Yeah, exactly that. So there's always got to be some point in the month where you've got to make a little adjustment because I'll make a plan for 30 days and at some point, like the popped rib, that meant I couldn't do a lot of movements. Yeah. So few days, I think I maybe rested it properly, rested it. I say properly. I was still training, but maybe rested it for like three or four days and then just tried to get back into some of the stuff I had planned because I didn't like that I had to go off plan. Um, and mm -hmm. then there was, uh, what other year? There was another year where something happened and I had to adjust. But then things will come up. Um but it's making a plan as best as I can. And there was thing, there's always things you think of doing. And in my head, I just thought, and I said to one of the guys about it the other day, and then I was like, oh my God, no, I'm definitely not doing that. And I thought, do you know what would be good? And because I like a squat, I was thinking, if I back squat double my own body weight for a rep every day of the month, that would be good. Because, you know, it's, mm. it's more the story of it. And like, actually, you know, when your mental health struggles there, it feels like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders and everything's twice as hard and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, yeah, double body weight and I can squat that much. And then I did the sums and was like, I'm not squatting 192 kilos every day of the month. <laughs> doesn't matter if you swim rep. Like, why am I doing that? Like the amount of warm-up reps. It's like, I'm not, oh no, no way. Stuff that, I'm not doing that. Or I don't think I'm doing that. I'll probably get to the month and think, nah, I'm going to do it. But I'm programming some stuff. Um, the other side of it is that people who know me well will know that I like the squats and I like the deadlift and some of them things. So it's usually better to have a bit of a mixture. You don't want to just be doing more of the things you like because, like I said earlier, people want to see you suffer. So, yeah, yeah I'd be more <clears throat> looking to go into some stuff, well, a bit of a split, but some stuff that people will look at and go, that's disgusting. And if at the end I fall on the floor and look like I'm dying, then they're going to, they're going to be like, yeah, good. Good result. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, so that is where I'm at. I'm currently planning some bits. But I'd thought about the squat one. So it might not be that I do it every day, but it might be that I do maybe a 192 squat for a single every few minutes for, like, you know, every three EMON type thing. Yeah. I don't know. However many I can manage or something. Um, the other year I did a challenge and I thought maybe I'll bring that in for like a weekend or for a day or something where I did a challenge where I did every four hours for three days. I was doing something like up in the middle of 
night and I'd slept at the gym and stuff. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll do that, but just do a day because I don't want to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking. That would be. That would be crazy. There's uh, on that squatting every day. There's a guy that I stumbled across a couple months ago on YouTube called Ivan Jurich, and he's been squatting every day for like 14, 1,400 and 12 days consecutively. Hold on. I can, I can well, find like, the exact the workouts or. 1,423 days he squatted consecutively. And what is this, like one rep or a, a whole workout? Or what's it's, going on? Well, it's like squat workouts. So he'll do doing, singles, he'll do he'll a squat front workout squat, every day. Every single day, like a full-on squat workout. Have you got I'm a picture of squats? Uh, no, I don't. But 14... Not just save ready on your phone. Yeah. yeah, he's right here. Look, he's, he's, he's fine. That's in his favorite spot. Yeah, yeah, mate. That's in the hidden that's... file. <laughs> yeah, he said he's only going to stop when he squats 300 kilos. And what's he on now? I have no idea. I haven't, I've only watched like one or two of his videos. But the thing I was thinking was like 1423 days that's like five years almost. That is nuts. That is yeah. almost it's four years. I'll be honest, that makes 30 days look pretty rubbish. So now I feel like I should be doing <laughs> four years. Listen, here's, this is what you should do, Luke. Squat every day from the first of November 2023 to the first of November 2024. <laughs> Don't tell me to do this because I'll try. I'll think that's a good idea. And I'll be on hot day uh, trying to find what bar somewhere to be like hitting some nice reps when i should just be able to be thinking about it now i am be thinking about it now for until he has to do it okay maybe i don't do till next november maybe i just do <laughs> 2023 how about that <laughs> i mean that could work and you could get people to donate every day um, yeah or they could tell you a squat workout to do yeah Ooh, that, is that one sounds of dangerous that's one of the things I'm, that's along the lines, one of the things I'm trying to do. So one year I did a uh, member vote or client vote or whatever it was, but um, I'd give two options of workouts and they'd vote and that would be what I would do on the Sunday. Yeah. And I mean, it become a bit of a joke because as soon as you put them on the, on the Instagram page or whatever, you look at it and it's almost like the first time you've properly looked at actually hang on what are the two things that are competing with each other and you can see which one is way harder than the other and mm. you just know getting you're like why did i pair them up i should have paired like put two easy things <laughs> it's like oh there's a, a hundred burpees in that one that's the one i'm getting that's definitely the one i'm getting not the one that's going to take four minutes to do it's going to be the one that two hours and most of his burpees like oh oh yeah bastard. absolutely yeah, exactly. It's all for the good, yeah, exactly. well, all for a good cause. For, what are you going to do for November? That's a good question. I I should do something. I mean, the t-shirts is a good start, but it's probably not much suffering, is it? I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you want to do something worthwhile, you have to suffer for the people that are no longer with us, right? That's kind of the point: is you're showing respect for. For those that are going through battles that you can't see for those that have lost battles um 
I don't know. I just think that's that's kind of that's why I wanted to bring up the subject of what Luke's doing because I think mm. in some way, like you suffering, is quite a small, insignificant thing to do in relation to how how long and how hard people do suffer day to day, you know, mentally. So I think I don't know. That's why I thought that bringing this topic up would be a really nice thing to discuss i guess um because it's almost selfless in a way isn't it you're just working hard for no one well you're not working hard for yourself you're working hard for others i guess um yeah which is really Mate, lovely to see and honestly like i know you know if we were comparing challenges between what i'll be doing and what some of the guys have done which isn't obviously what it's about it's not a competition to be who can who's no. the thickest thought process on what's a good challenge or not like mm. no absolutely not swimming the channel thank you very much but like if it's just if it is something that is clearly a challenge that's enough for most people um to think yeah. fair and that's worthy of a donation and like you say you're doing it for all them things so you know the, the one i did in the easter where i was here and waking up and doing something every four hours I'd programmed it intentionally to be as, as shitty as it could be. So like 240 burpees at 4am for three days straight. And then obviously <laughs> try and then do something at 8am, uh, 8pm, 8am, uh, sorry. So that was 4am. Then at 8am I'm up doing something else. And it's intentionally that way around because then people are looking and thinking, well, fucking hell, I don't want to do burpees anyway, let alone at 4am and let alone 240 of them. But the reason for 240, there was some statistic that was why I picked 240. Um, but then that's a little talking point. So when I'm doing that challenge, I put the little mm. talking point up, statistic up. This is why it's 240. Or if I'm doing 60 reps, that's because we lose a male every minute to suicide around the world. So yeah, one for every, 60 reps, one for every male we lose each hour. Like trying to tie it into that and then paint the picture of why it's important. And if I can suffer a little bit for 30 days, a little bit each day, or for the three days of that Easter weekend or whatever it is, fine. Um, because I get yeah. loads out of myself, but we're doing such a good thing for the charity. And, you know, like we said, the awareness, the funds. I get people who still who donate every year. And because, like, one of the girls who donates every year, uh, I always text and say thanks, and girl I used to work with, and like she said, it's such an important cause and i just love the fact that you're doing something for it every year and you always give it your all and you try to spread the word and it's again it is the other side of it of it's not just about doing some challenge to flog yourself we have fun events so we'll do the olympics where we basically it'll be a workout event um last year it was more like a turf games type setup mm. so three or four challenges and um compete with each other for that so like one of them was a uh, thousand meters on the bike straight into 500 on the row straight into 250 on the ski mm -hmm. and just like blitz it get through it as fast as you can and then you got two others and then they one was more sort of strength based and then the other was a bit of a mixture and it was a really good laugh loads of people turned up who weren't even members of the gym um and it was a really good turnout now something like that it's not about like the slog and the it's a daily thing or it's some mega life challenge that you're going to remember forever necessarily um yeah but it's it's just 
trying to get the awareness up, spread the word, let people know that in my head, I think of our gym as being like the place to go. So if you're someone who struggles with being comfortable in the gym, even, you know, that sort of mental struggle, but also your other mental struggles, you know, you can come in here and it's a safe place. And at the end of the workout, if you need to have a chat with me, you can. You know, we Movember put us on to mental health first aid training last year, which was fantastic. But like, I learned loads from that. Um, so I feel way more equipped to have some conversations with people. Now I can't solve the problem. I'm not a trained professional, you know, counselor or any anything like that, or a therapist. But I can sit and I can listen properly, and I can help guide someone to the right place. So for me, doing this every year is all of it. It's the challenges which the charity benefit from and i also benefit a lot from it mentally makes me a lot tougher and gives me that uh feeling self-satisfaction that so what yeah you did some horrible stuff there that a lot of people wouldn't want to do um yeah for sure and you kept going and you know people were like nah you ain't getting up at 4 a.m there's no way you're getting up at 4 a.m i'll stick it on live on instagram and there'll be no one watching but the proof will be there trust it's me. there it's there you're, and I would never, I wouldn't miss a rep because I wouldn't be able to live myself. I'd beat myself up about that more than anybody else could ever beat me up about it. So I would never cut a corner. Yeah. Um, and then because, oh, you know in yourself, you'd have cheated it. So it's like, well, where's the satisfaction in that? Saying um, I did something. Yeah, for too. sure. What's the benefit of that? So, yeah. So yeah, there's, um, it's going to be a big month. I have... Now this conversation's made it worse because now I've got some silly ideas in my head of what I might try I and do. You've done it. You've made a big mistake. Yes. Yeah, I... <laughs> Maybe I'll join you. Get ready for this uh, the stash incoming. Oh, I started that in January this year. <laughs> <laughs> This is <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I yeah, actually am going to go. I'm, I'm Asian, well. so you know how difficult that is for us. Oh yeah, it's very difficult. Like that is suffering. Well, I yeah. just like on that point, just to let because uh, everybody obviously thinks of November and it's the mustaches because that's how it all started. And that was the main thing, and obviously that's like a big part of the imagery and the branding and everything. Uh, but on that point, and this was obviously as well partly to help bring females into it because I don't know many girls who want to grow a mustache but it was also brought in that they can do move so you've got the move for 60 kilometers in the month because um, mm. that helps a lot with these things so they'll do um like walk and talks people will do that every day to cover their two kilometers each day to get to the 60k um because yeah. that then encourages people to have conversation um which is something that like we said is severely lacking with the men um but also it's uh, events, like I said, with the pub quiz and stuff that we do here. So I tried to cover the move, the uh, events, that sort of side of stuff. What I tend to do, so if there's any lads listening, or ladies with a beard, uh, and you don't necessarily want to shave the beard off. I think off, I know a few. I know a few. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them floating about. Um, then I tend to hold off till the end of the month. And if I want to get a nice little bump on the donations, I'll offer, you know, say if I'm at 450 quid of donations, I'll say, right, if the next, when I get to 500 quid, then I'll trim a little bit more off of the beard and just try and eke out extra donations until I'm down to a moustache. 
and I'll I'll reverse it that way. Um, nice. Mm, so it's a that's interesting of, actually. Of, of getting November. Yeah, it's like a little way of getting more donations coming in, uh, getting more awareness, getting people um, talking about it because people are more likely to comment on your story or respond or whatever. And then the engagement goes up and then the word spreads about November and people are like, oh, what's this guy doing? And they'll inevitably yeah. see some stuff posted or whatever. So, yeah, that's one little way. That's a little way of bringing it. If All you right. don't got a beard and you don't want I'm to be that. I'm going to have a think. I'm going to have a think. Um, yeah. I'm going to think. I'm going to let you know. But, Are you uh, still here through the whole of November? Yeah, I'm still here through November. I have a competition planned, which is a secret comp. I haven't told very many people, but now I've just told the world. Um, yeah, because the world listens to this podcast. Yeah, the, the world does. The world does. That's how important we are. <laughs> you told 30 <laughs> countries. That's, that's a pretty <laughs> good stat. Have, 32, yeah. was it? No, um, yeah, I think it was. Th it was either 32 or 36. I can't remember. I think it's 32. Um, it's but impressive. I mean, I might good, be with VPNs, like Mr. Worldwide. Um, sorry, if you don't get the Anchorman reference, then you don't deserve to listen to this podcast or be on this podcast. <laughs> if you don't listen to this, Luke's my new co-host. Sorry. See you later. <laughs> uh, well, this has been fun. Can I at least okay. finish off this episode? Or <laughs> let's finish gonna... off with some hot. Let's finish off with some hot takes. Hot takes. All right. I'm gonna. Uh, start. I mean, Connor just looks so ready to give his hot take, and I'm gonna be so angry. I already know. It. How do you? Do you don't even know what my hot take is? Most of your hot takes make me angry. <laughs> all right then what's my hot what's what's my hot take no no go on go on give it to us all right all recovery methods are a lie that's my hot take all all of them the all only two recovery methods in my opinion that are worth their salt is sleep and food go name anything else that you think is uh i in my opinion I feel like most recovery methods that aren't sleep and eating and managing your load of training, I just don't necessarily think that you're getting much physically from them. That's a hot take. I I don't feel that all qualified for this. Like this isn't fair either, especially sitting between like in front of both of you. But but I think you just wrong. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's That's funny it. because I also get I also get acupuncture, dry needling, cupping, sports massage. So what the fuck are you on about? <laughs> because I just think it's so. The reason why I think it's a hot take is because I think a lot of people try and use recovery methods like those inflatable leg things, hot hot baths, cold baths all these sorts of things but the reality is i think it's detracted away from us actually being able to focus on things that we should be focusing on and it's the same with resistance training that a lot of these fads that come out or diets that come out that are just fads it it's basically detracting our attention away from the root cause of the problem which yeah, see, might that be I agree with, you know like I yeah think it's that pyramid thing in there where the bottom of the pyramid is 
you know, the foundation is, you know, your sleep and nutrition and stuff. And then at the, at the top, obviously is stretching. Um, wait, wait, no, 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 sorry. Other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. But, I know what you mean. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say that stretching isn't that, important. <laughs> are you telling me that me stretching every day hasn't helped me physically? Yes, I am. Because, because it, it, so what I'm saying, so what I'm saying, see, see, what I'm saying is that if you took out stretching and you did yeah. nothing, no strength training, you didn't sleep well, you didn't eat well, you were chronically stressed, stretching won't help. Yeah, of course not. It just, I'm not doing anything else. Just, yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make is that I think a lot of people look at these things in isolation that they're like, oh, stretching is going to make me feel better. Well, it won't. Your shit diet and lack of sleep is what's making you feel like shit. Yeah, but if you did either of those things in isolation, it still wouldn't work. Yeah, it would. If you sleep eight to ten hours a day. But you don't eat. How are you recovering? But you don't eat. You don't eat at all. <laughs> you, eat like, you eat like a pig. This isn't a hot take. This is a wild take. This is, <laughs> this is a wild take. A baffling take. Yeah. I I, I just I just you don't agree that any recovery methods want. are worth this oh no no I don't agree with you that the only two are them. The, the, what else the, is then? Well, I think to help you be able to do certain stuff. So like we got a guy. Uh, I say a guy. It's a girl. GB free mass sports massage. Little plug for her. She comes into the gym and. Uh, fixes me up because i get pretty tight through my legs and my like hips down um and then also get pretty tight around my shoulders and it can impact my training um when i'm pt and clients do a lot of pad work and the boxing stuff and uh the knots around my shoulder blades from the heavy lifting and the boxing and taking absorbing the punches and stuff is killer and then i can get problems sleeping i can get problems training but when Grace starts fixing me, she gets me on the bed and she's crunching some things and making me nearly cry. I know I can then go and train and I sleep better afterwards and I'm not having to move off of a shoulder that doesn't work properly. So I think there's some other things. I think there Pick are all, Grace. there is a lot of bullshit things like the ice baths that everybody loves because it looks cool on Instagram. And I don't even think it looks cool. I think it looks shit, but everybody's got one of them these days it's like do you really want to sit in that and i've also seen some studies that say that it's probably if your goal is to add muscle that it actually repeatedly doing it uh and the frequency if you're doing it too frequently it's actually causing muscle loss so it's not necessarily great for certain goals you know there's an element of it that will be good but you know you've got to think what is your goal and do you need to be in that ice bath every single day maybe not Mm. interesting see see i the reason i think it's a hot take is because i also have sports massage which is why i thought it would be interesting to take it as a hot take because i think for me like physically of course it's doing something we don't know what because anecdotally like they've they say oh it's loosening the fascia but the thing is if you read most of those studies they are bullshit they're not actually saying anything. What the fuck does fascia even mean? It's nothing. 
It's it's literally nothing. If it's tight, it's not making your muscle tight. It's just not. I've read plenty of studies, and this whole book goes into detail about sports massage, and yet I still do it. Why? Why do I still do it? Okay, why? Why do you still do it? Because it makes me feel better in my mind. It makes me feel relaxed, and I think that in itself is the most important thing in any of these recovery methods, is that if you believe it works, it works. doesn't matter if anyone else is like, now nah, that's a load of trash. I mean, apart from ice baths, that's a load of trash. But uh, <laughs> but no, I just thought it would be an interesting. Well, that's not even a hot take. Like Luke said, it's a wild take. I just uh, wanted to get your perspective on it because I think it's interesting to highlight the fact that people think that just getting sports massage will fix problems. Right? I can't tell you how many people come into our gym and they have like a sore knee or something, and they say, "Oh, I'll just get sports massage." You're like, well, you could, or you could probably actually try and figure out what the problem is with your knee and maybe, mm. you know, do something else like fix your sleep, eat better, maybe not be chronically stressed all the time, you know. So when I say like recovery methods, I think all encompassing, I don't disagree that they're not important because they, they probably are. Um, but then the same could be said that I had this debate with one of my friends the other day that vegans aren't actually healthy, which Agreed. is another hot take. Yeah, because like the reality is that a lot of people are sold on veganism because it's meant to be healthy. But I think the reality is that the reason why people eat vegan or plant-based diets is because they're trying to look after the planet and they think that just eating fruits, vegetables, other things, you know, will make their body healthy. But, and they link these studies, they're not studies, they're just anecdotal, you know, studies that happened on observations based on, you know, cavemen that used to eat berries and fruit. Do you really think that if they didn't, if they couldn't hunt, like, of course they wanted to eat meat. Like, they're not just going to sit there and see a mammoth and go, nah, I think I'd rather have some cooked berries, to be honest with you. Like, Get the berries I off. Just, Get the berries off. It just off. really baffles me. It just baffles me. But, um, yeah, I just I just genuinely think that that it, that it a lot of people are sold on veganism because, it, because it's sold as being healthy. But if you're yeah. restricting something, how is that healthy? I'm not saying that, that eating meat is healthy either. I'm just saying that I think the way that it's sold to people that if you eat this, but I think in moderation, it's important that no, sure, we have... Look, I agree fully. Like a lot of the marketing of, around veganism and, and not from, actually, I don't know. I was about to say not from like the governing body of veganism, but I don't think that exists. But a lot of the kind of, narratives and messaging around veganism and, and, and picking up a, a vegan diet is that that will automatically make you healthy which i don't know i think we all know isn't true like you're not going to suddenly be healthy just on account of not eating any animal products but uh, is, is that's is that's a different argument to like you can never be healthy as a vegan right like yeah 
I mean, it's probably a healthier lifestyle than snorting coke every day, but you know, it's still would. <laughs> it's not necessarily like. It's, what if yeah, they get? What if the coke snorer is getting enough sleep and? <laughs> and they're getting a regular sports massage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think in moderation. But I agree with you that I think it's it's difficult because I think if people are sold on the oh yeah this is going to be the next new thing like it's really good for you you should do this because these studies have said that you know eat red meat increases blood pressure and all yeah those so kind literally of this yeah. guy then goes home and he eats like five naan breads for dinner and yeah thinks that's healthier yeah anyway um that's uh that's my hot take i did have another hot take about la 2022 about them including flag football but i think that's just stupid to be honest with you did you hear about that they're, they're looking at including flag football in the 2028 olympics yeah i saw that that's yeah. uh interesting I mean, they're including what flag, flag football what's that it's basically like touch what? rugby but american football style. oh the one where you pull the thing yeah that's disgusting <laughs> you play that in school that's like if you include like rounders in the olympics yeah it, i mean I'd, I'd rather see rounders or tag professional tag would be yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Have, you, <laughs> like, have you seen professional tag though yeah it's, that's what i'm it's saying unreal. it would be absolutely sick that actually no that actually should be in the olympics <laughs> Yeah, you know, that obstacle course bit, and they're jumping around. Exactly. Unreal. It's it it's a weird. It's very much. I mean, who's beating America at that? Like, where's your local flag football team? Yeah, because exactly. Is there such a thing outside of America? I don't think there is. So, yeah, yeah but that and doesn't I'm, mean they're going to win. I mean, look yeah. at all the sports um, that England invented; they don't win at. Yeah, true. Although <laughs> I have to. American football fan. <laughs> a few of the a few of the NFL players have said they want to uh, they want to put their hand up and play. So I'd imagine they're going to be pretty good. Um, yeah. Every, yeah, playing for silver basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting that they've included also lacrosse and squash. I mean, I I think that would be quite interesting because I've never really watched lacrosse and squash. I'm not really too too bothered on but squash cricket as well legit. yeah squash is, is a hard game but also cricket i thought was an interesting choice as well because i didn't realize that cricket was that popular in in the us but i guess you know i don't know anyway um those those are my my hot takes i did have some more but i've I got time for those do you guys have any hot takes i know that that luke is Luke's look, giving me that devious look. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one, but I'll let I'll let you go. Uh, you know, the host should lead. I'll I'll follow. Okay, well here's one. Here's a hot take. There are too many podcasts. <laughs> that's not a hot take. That's just fact. Hard worth listening to. <laughs> podcasts, including this one. <laughs> Most of them just. These random guys during lockdown think that they can talk about things interesting and the world will listen. Yeah, they will. Have you by any chance? That sounds very much. <laughs> 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 Slightly attacked. 
but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would agree with you that there's too many, there's too many podcasts. But you know what? People have a choice; they don't have to listen to it. So there you go. Um, no, but, but you, you know what? But what you should do is you should listen to this podcast. I was in this one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like listen. Yeah, I to thought this. you were. I thought, as in, you were saying you should listen to this podcast, and then you're going to say a podcast. But yeah. just, yeah. just this one here, yeah. <laughs> listen to this podcast. But here's the thing, though. I think it's actually pretty cool. Like, there's enough podcasts out there now that it'd be equivalent to like, like normally I'll just listen to music on Spotify, and you know pretty standard stuff but then sometimes i'll go on like youtube or soundcloud and like listen to some pre-indie stuff you know like real um some guy in his room just uh making some music i feel like podcasting is starting to become a similar thing you can literally scroll through podcasts on spotify and just find some kit like literally some 12 year old like talking into a microphone that's pretty interesting <laughs> in itself yeah i think of it like books there's a lot of books on the planet and people are writing books all the time and a lot of them are shit. Yeah, that's true actually. um yeah but keep turning them out just on the off chance a few people like it and it's similar to the podcast but the good thing with a podcast is that anyone can start one and then like you see all the time people start one that turns into something massive and they're actually doing some good stuff and whatever um yeah. but is far too many and what what annoys me about there are is the people who start a podcast and they talk and come across as if they're famous i've got yes yes you're you you like why are you behaving like this like what's this arrogance that like well we're all of a sudden all of a sudden they're talking on their instagram stories to the camera yeah (laughs) they're talking like they've got ten thousand followers this guy's got like 50. yeah there's something (laughs) subject matter expert on whichever topic they decide to talk about that week it's like like the one that me and my mate had started was because we were gearing it around the mental health stuff and we were coming out of the gate saying you know we're not experts we're just two people we're just normal people experiences and we think that's quite relatable so we're just going to talk about that and then we were going to try once all the bubble the lockdowns and stuff covid shit had gone we were going to try and start getting some guests on to talk to who had their own experiences and had tried to, uh, tried to do whatever in their own field um, and all that kind of stuff. But we never wanted to be like, we were never arrogant about it. Half the time we were drunk and didn't know what we were talking about, um, kept losing where we were. But we were, um, it was just supposed to be like a really relaxed conversation between two mates. So if you were listening, it felt like you were listening to a conversation between your friends. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we might have like a bit of a message that we were trying to get across about a certain subject, and yeah, but then you go through. I mean, I, I follow some, and this was going to be this sort of when we get to that point when you're ready for my hot take, it relates to podcasts. Uh, Ooh. and there are then I think, I think we're ready. <laughs> are you? I think we're ready. Well, okay, so my hot take relates to podcasts, and one guy in particular, and you guys were talking about him when we. We're trying to set up, and I was maybe or maybe. Oh, yeah, here is it this guy? <laughs> Man like Stephen. I big Stephen Bartlett fan, not a complete cult guy, but a bit of an advocate of his and sort of going, yeah, what a guy, good message, I like it. And everything I see him do just 
chips away at that more and more and more. <laughs> it really bothers me. And he is so like what? He is a fucking charlatan. The every like Connor was saying, all of his posts he puts on socials, they're like the most clickbaity posts. I know he's mm. trying to get engagement up. He wants everybody listening, right? So I get it. I know that that's the marketing. But he's getting these these guests on, and he doesn't challenge people very well on these ridiculous ideas they've got, where people are like, well, to lose weight, it's not calories in versus calories out. It's getting this amount of sugar each day. Like, what? Mm. Is cocaine? No, it's not. Like, they just come out with absolute tosh because some people will believe that, and it will apply to some people's life. And they'll go, yeah, he's right, that guy. I'm going to buy his book. So they just set yeah. this ridiculous idea to sell some books. Stephen Bartlett turns around and goes, yeah, okay, mm, interesting. And he doesn't challenge him properly. And mm -hmm. the more I watch his stuff, the more things I read in the papers about how he said certain things about selling his business and some of them things weren't necessarily true. He was like, yeah, it was an 800 million pound business. And or whatever it was a multi-billion pound business and it sold for like 300 million and he, he wasn't even there at the time or something like that i forget the exact detail of it but it was all a bit like hmm well that's a bit questionable and then a friend of mine at the november event last week said he went to a talk that he was like the main guy on this q a panel and he said in a 45 minute q a with him they asked him three questions and all really? he did, yeah, because all he did was just fill the the time with just nonsense. He said, and he never once even answered the questions. He just kind of <laughs> floats around the answer and says some stuff and tries to get mm. some like sound bites in there. And it's it's like a scripted thing. So if they say something about this, yeah. I'm going to some of these things, and it's. Mm. The, it doesn't. I get the impression there's not a lot of substance to what he actually says. I yeah. I, I, you know, I, I saw some stuff that he was like this super successful businessman straight from school, and he was in school. This was some of my first things I'd heard him say and talk about was when I was in school. I was running businesses in the school that had started making me a lot of money, and I was told by the teachers you can't do that anymore, and was like, well, this isn't for me, kind of thing. And then he's saying some other stories where he's like, yeah, and I was so broke, I was scratching around trying to find pound coins down the side of takeaway seats in the takeaway shops. I'm like, what? How does that match? It just feels like it, he's got all these little stories to try and paint this illusion of, I've come from nothing yeah. and I've pissed myself. And I'm like, well, some of your timelines don't match up. And a lot of it's starting to get a little bit preachy and... He's one of them where if you go into his comments and someone challenges him, there's all of his little cult followers are standing up for him going, ah, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Look at what he's done in his life. Who are you? Who are you? I've never even heard of you. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, and I think when you get to that sort of cult level status and you've got that group of people, you're in that, in that environment, it almost like fuels it more and perpetuates it. And I can yeah. also see what you mean about, um, you know, some of the people he's had on with some questionable or at least challengeable ideas and concepts that he's not challenged. And, you know, I, I get the argument that that's not what he's there for. Like he's there to 
talk about people with their experiences and and you know share those stories but at the same time like you've given that a platform without challenging it mm. and that is automatically perceived as you maybe not endorsing it but at least like not disagreeing and yeah yeah you know like you say whoever's listening all of a sudden like oh, God, I, got, I, I like this guy's story or i like a bit of what he said and i'm gonna look into buy his book blah blah um by the way we for the, the, those of you listening we've not told luke that we we're gonna ask for a hot take like this is just straight off the dome hatred towards <laughs> stephen bartlett like, this this should fry my gears daily it's just there like <laughs> yeah it, it bothers me yeah like you say i don't think he needs to, you know he's he's there as the guy that's his podcast and whatever and so he gets him on and if anything like good just it shouldn't be an echo chamber it shouldn't just be the same old mm. stuff just we hear the same type of thing and the guys are saying the same stuff like get some people on with some different views and some ideas but yeah if something out something crazy you've surely got to challenge them a bit more um and he just doesn't seem to, and uh yeah it bothers me a lot i just find I it can he, tell. i can tell he's quite happy i just hate that he's just quite happy to just sit there and let these guys say this stuff because what it does what really annoys me is it, some of the stuff especially if it's weight loss related or fitness related and stuff some of that the people who pay the price are people like me who get these guys come into the gym and they've got this mm. really relationship with calories and food and all this stuff because of people like these guys who are going off and saying oh yeah this here's the thing that i've decided and some of these people aren't even they're not trained medical professionals or scientists yeah. need to turn around going uh, actually what i think is that if we all eat five calories a day we'll all be healthier and then <laughs> some other people agree and then suddenly i'm on Steve bartlett's podcast which shouldn't mm. be called of a ceo it should just be called stuff because most of the people aren't ceos <laughs> and it's just like how have i ended up why you to me i don't get <laughs> this is just this is just unscripted rant like this is unreal but what i will say though what i will yeah. say that one thing i respect steve bartlett a lot for is his ability to make grown tough men cry oh yeah <laughs> because it's okay it's okay to cry absolutely yeah. november yeah exactly that more of that we i'm happy with yeah. how much he made <laughs> yeah i'll quickly round off with my response i think i mean i've followed him for quite a few years and having you know listened to his podcast read a few of his books or his i'm, I'm just about to read his second book that he just come out with i think a lot of the stuff that he says is just recycled from in interviews that he's you know he's held from experts and some of the lessons that he, he that he regurgitates, I think, are definitely worth regurgitating. But the reason I use the word regurgitate is it's not original. It's from lots of other people. And I think he's he's essentially made a business and a podcast off the back of all of these experts and just piggybacked off them, which a lot of people do. You know, you have to get successful somehow. But like it does frustrate me that none of his ideas seem original, that they're all just recycled information from people he's spoken to and he's just repackaged that and sold it. Yeah. You know, it's like a, a shit sandwich. Um, you know, like all like shit sprinkled with with glitter. Um, and 
uh, don't get me wrong a lot of the episodes that he has on some of the information on there is fantastic like the jordan peterson episode he had on the frank lampard episode that he had on real life people that actually have decent like you know like they're very level-headed they're able to have a discussion about things and i think like yushan said he's got a really good way of getting information from people but like you mentioned that's my biggest gripe is that he doesn't challenge it but it's the same as joe rogan you know one of the biggest platforms in podcasts in, in on the platform he's the same thing he's had trump supporters on he's had anti-vaxxers on and i understand that it's important that we hear their side of the story but he's brought them on because everybody knows that sitting on the fence doesn't get you views extreme views get you views either left or Wait, right wherever this, is, it's been. this is also joe rogan we're talking about <laughs> yeah i know and i'm th throwing him like into they the probably mix as well. are his views that's why he's not Who? challenging them he just completely agrees with them yeah no no but um, i'm i'm saying i'm saying that people either come on who are very left wing or very right wing but he doesn't disagree with either side he just sits and just listens who is he whereas very left wing? i can't remember there's there's a few no, i'll send it over I, you, I think he only has people on that he fully agrees with maybe but that then that's that therein is the problem isn't it is that i mean i guess podcast has kind of moved away from traditional journalism or media like as like much as i hate one. to throw as much as i hate to throw this guy's in the this guy's name in the mix one show that i really enjoy at the moment is pierce morgan's talk show and i know that a lot of people hate him i know oh, that gonna... but this has the been reason... such a good episode until now but the reason why i think it's good is because he doesn't just sit there and let them talk he actually he's like interrogating them <laughs> it's great actually it. what you should watch is a podcast episode with piers morgan on james o'brien's podcast okay if you if you want to if you want to listen to something that starts out as something that wanted to be a civil interview and turns into a raging argument <laughs> okay <laughs> that sounds great but yeah i uh i agree i agree with both of your points i don't think that's a hot take i think a lot of people would agree with you luke on the joe rogan one my issue with joe rogan is that he seems to come across like a, a not smart guy who thinks he's really smart yeah yeah 100 like mm. yeah we don't all have to be geniuses anybody listening to me on this probably can understand i'm definitely not a genius by any stretch of the imagination but i would never pretend to be or claim to be the way he seems to just think he just he's got this air about him when he talks sometimes and the best clip because i don't i don't really listen to his unless he's got a guest on that i like the guest i don't really go out of my way to listen to his podcast or watch any of the but i really like bill burr the comedian and yeah. the best clip was bill burr saying when they were talking about covid i think it was and bill burr going look look at the two of us i'm not going to sit here and talk about vaccines as if we're the people that should have an opinion worth listening to we are not smart enough to be the people <laughs> and he sort of shot him down on it i was like yeah that that's what people should be doing absolutely just talk shit. he's just yeah not smart i mean i don't even like him as a commentator on bc so 
the less of him on any platform is good. Absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. But Luke, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode, learning a little bit more about, well, Luke's ordeals going up three mountains in England or Britain, <laughs> should I say um and also some of his movember challenges if you guys have any movember challenges please share them with us and also for our hot takes don't take it too seriously we're not experts <laughs> all right um it's just a bit of fun but uh <laughs> yeah we will catch you in the next episode of diary of a ceo oh wait no i'm just joking into the unknown <laughs>